Well, good afternoon, Bob. Well, good afternoon, Bill. This is episode 37 of the Bob and Bill podcast, and all hail the power of Jesus' name. That, that's pretty uh, important to our ministry. Tell the folks the story. It sure is. When uh, the Raws came here and they were investigating the opportunity of purchasing the property, actually they had already purchased it, correct? Moving their things here, their belongings here, and they went out and uh, had a pump organ on the back of their wagon, and they pulled the wagon out, and they sang the hymn, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. And afterwards, they pooled their resources, and uh, together they had a dollar eighty-seven, <laughs> And that began the ministry of America's Keswick. And in September, we will celebrate our 124th anniversary. Amazing. Hard to believe. Pretty cool, and it's really fun for us to be a part of this ministry. Pastor Robert Rodriguez was with us this summer. He has been uh, a board member here at America's Keswick, a great encourager to all of our staff. Uh, we love his preaching, teaching ministry. He serves at Calvary Bible Church in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, and he's going to continue his study in 2 Peter chapter 1, which is based on our theme verses for this year. Let's watch this wonderful message. Uh, we're in first, uh, Second Peter, and we finished up uh, with our theme verses for this week. And so we'll back up a little bit to talk a little bit more about that, and then we're going to conclude in, in chapter 1. And I can't wait for, for TNT to hear how uh, God is working in the lives of the colony men. Uh, being on summer staff, that was one of the greatest things that we got to do is hear TNT each week to, to see how God is working in the lives of the colony. And we heard about uh, men in the colony coming to know Jesus, men in the colony making decisions to surrender to Jesus and they were really open and they were really honest and the thing that I uh, continue to see about that is when the light goes on in a dark place and it exposes what's there the only thing that you should do is agree with the exposure because a lot of times we want to deny it and say, no, it's not there or it's not true. It's not really what's going on or it's not that bad. But the great part about light is it shows you the reality. And so uh, the things that we've been speaking about, especially the things from our theme verse beginning in, in, in verse 5, uh, really show us what actually is happening inside of our life if, if these things are there and so we're going to back up to verse 5 and I'm just going to read from verse 5 uh, down to the end of the chapter and you can remain seated tonight I'll read it for you here's what it says for this very reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble and you'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then he flips it a little bit. And now he talks in verse 12. He says, so I'll always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. It, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in this tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ had made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. 
For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory and said, This is my Son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven we were with him on that sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you would do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Father, thank you for our time tonight. Lord, I ask that you would change our heart based on what the word of God says. Help it to not be my opinion. Help it not to, to not be my, my, my feelings. Lord, help it to be what the word of God has for us. And so, God, I ask that you would uh, just, just bless me, bless those that are hearing, bless those that are joining us all around the world, those that will watch it later. Lord, I ask that everyone that hears what your word says who have a life, life change tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So 2 Peter chapter 1 starts out with these, these greetings in the first two verses where we, we, we made it a point, don't look over the greeting. The greeting is really important. The way that uh, Peter describes himself, what he says to the church about grace and peace and how in abundance all these things will happen. And then he starts getting down to the nitty gritty. So in verses 1 and 2, we see a greeting. In verses 3 down to verse 11, we see that it's important to have an effective and a productive life. Now, I don't know about you, uh, do, would, do you want your boss to say anything else about you besides the fact that you are effective and productive? What if, he was to, what if you came to your annual review and he said the exact opposite of that? This guy is unproductive and he's ineffective. So when it comes to our spiritual life, the idea that our lives cause change in ourselves and other people and that we are producing fruit is what holiness is all about. Holiness is not just a state of being for yourself for you to say, hey, look at me, I'm holy. Holiness is something that is contagious. And your holiness should cause a change in you and a change in other people as well. And so he talks about being effective and he talks about being productive. And in verse 5 where we left off, verse 5 to 7, he went through a bunch of different things. And so I want to talk about those things really quickly and then we'll move forward. So the Bible talks about goodness. Remember we said that's the opposite of badness, right? It's moral, excellence. It's doing things that are of morality. When we look at knowledge, it's this practical knowledge that we spoke about, that you can't have an intimate knowledge of Jesus if you don't even have a practical knowledge of who he is. And so in order for us to get closer to Jesus, we have to be in the word, right? That just makes sense, doesn't it? That's not something, but you know what? In our life... We are practical atheists in this regard. We want to talk about our feelings. We want to talk about our emotions. We want to talk about our talent. And that's what we relate to our relationship with Jesus Christ. But it's all about what the Word says about Jesus Christ. Because the only thing that's going to change your life is the Word of God. I love good worship music. But worship music ain't going to change your life if it's not based on the Word of God. Right? 
And the people who are producing that music better follow what the Word of God says. Because sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll settle for false doctrine if we think the music's dope. You got to be careful with that stuff. So it's goodness. It's knowledge about who, who Jesus is, what the Word of God says. There's self-control. Remember that inner strength to control our desires and our cravings. Remember, it's not living your life by craving. It's living your life by principle, right? And then we talked about perseverance, walking under the load, that even though we have this burden, even though we have doubts and struggles, that our God gets us through over to victory. Remember, victory only comes after a battle. You don't have a victorious Christian life because you happen to exist. You have a victorious Christian life because you've been through some stuff. And so perseverance is about getting through it. Godliness is the, 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 the virtue that's, that he talks about in verse 3 about reverence and obedience to God. When we talk about mutual affection, and we parked it here for a bit, another way that's translated is brotherly kindness, and that's where we get the word Philadelphia from. Brotherly kindness. Now, who here lives near or around Philly? Would you guys describe that place as brotherly kindness? Maybe if you're from there, right? So uh, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, right? And I, oh, where's Brooklyn at? Oh, what's up? How you doing? How you doing? All right. So I'm an, now this may not cause you guys to go who, I'm an avid Mets fan, okay? Yeah, all right, I'll, I'm, I'm done. Good night, everybody, right? All right, hey, the Lord teaches me patience, all right? So, uh, so my son is an avid Mets fan as well. And we now live right outside of Philadelphia. And my son, like a thug, goes into school with his Mets jersey and just puts his chest out like this. Because he loves where he's from. People are not brotherly kind to him either. But the word brotherly kind, the phrase brotherly kindness, mutual affection, has this idea of a kindness that's not just, you know, holding the door open for somebody that you just met, okay? That's kindness. Mutual affection or brotherly kindness has the idea of you being kind over and over to the same people and building a relationship with people, right? So sometimes for us, if we're honest, that's not easy to do. We'll be kind and open the door. But I don't want to have a, you know, a talk with you, right? When I, when I ask you how you're doing, I don't really care. I don't want to know, right? That's how we're like. Brotherly kindness is the exact opposite of that. We actually get this. You actually care about people. Some of us, that's our biggest hang-up. And what we've done as a society is we've allowed our personality that may be an introvert to be the excuse for not being kind to people. And so if you are an introvert and you're listening to me, probably by yourself on your computer right now, you still got to talk to people. You still have to have a relationship with your brothers and sisters. Why? Because affection is supposed to be mutual. So it goes on to say after that, it ends with love. And this is not the phileo brotherly love. This is the agape love. This is the Jesus type of love. This is the love that is, has a deliberate, okay? It's more than a desire. It's a deliberate desire for the highest good of other people. This is why we call agape love 
selfless love. So if these things, goodness and brotherly kindness and self-control and perseverance and godliness and knowledge and love, if all these things are in you, let's pick up what the Bible says. If you possess these qualities, now the word possess there means that you just don't dabble in it, but that you're becoming experts in it. Because we all say that we know how to do certain things that we don't know how to do. But with this word possession has to do with this is something you can claim. If you possess these qualities, and not only possess them, but the next phrase is important. It says, in what kind of measure? Increasing measure. Okay, so it's not just about you have now obtained the badge of godliness and you're good. All of these things, beginning with goodness and ending with love, are not only things that you should be trying to possess in your life, you should be growing deeper and deeper in every one of these characteristics as you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Peter actually puts it this way, but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Theologically, we call this progressive sanctification. That you're never going to be completely sanctified until you get to heaven. But from the day you accepted Jesus to the day he calls you home, you better be on that path of growth. From goodness to love, these things should be an increasing measure. And they'll keep you from being what? Ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you don't do these things, a warning right away, chapter 1, warning's flying up already. Red flag that, that, that Peter's calling out. If you're not continuing to grow in your goodness, if you're not continuing to, to grow in knowledge and in self-control and in perseverance and godliness and mutual affection and love, if these things are not only something that you have as part of your being, if you're not growing deeper in these things, you will be ineffective, which means you are going to be not worth much. And you'll also be unproductive, which means you're not going to be able to do much. And where, again, he centers it back on the main thing. Not our ministry, not our job, not our family, but in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. Paul puts it this way in Philippians chapter 3. I count everything but loss for the simple knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, our Lord. Knowing Jesus is not only essential, it is the only thing that causes you to grow. Do you know him? So, I was talking about uh, blackouts this morning when the lights go out, right? Some of us, we lived in our homes all of our life. But have you ever noticed when a blackout happens, you kind of forget where everything is? right? How many times do you stub your toe with the lights on? Maybe a couple of times, but when the light's out, that bedpost was not there yesterday, right? For me, it's, it's, not, it's not so much about the stub toe. It's trying to find the light switch on the wall. I mean, did, um, did my bathroom get longer? Like, all of a sudden, it's not where it's supposed to be. So, the light switch is there, for sure, but I don't know where it is. 
In our church building, we have these old exit lights. You know, when the lights go off, these things are battery-powered and they stay on. And, you know, so if the lights go on out at church, I can still kind of make my way uh, to the parking lot. But if that, those lights go out, all of a sudden the entire outlay, uh, outlay of our church has changed. I can't find anything. And this is exactly what, what Peter is talking about. He says this, but whoever, in verse 9, but whoever does not have them, okay, so those things, godliness through love, whoever does not have them, notice how he doesn't say, he, he basically equates not having a deeper possession of these gifts as if you never had them. Okay, so it's not like, hey, I have enough of godliness. I have enough of goodness. I don't need any more brotherly kindness. I'm good. No, if you're not growing in these things, it's as if you don't have them. And he says this, whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind. So nearsighted is a new one. But we've heard the word blind before, haven't we? Blindness describes not only a carnal believer, blindness primarily describes an unbeliever. So the idea of being nearsighted, which means you cannot see far away. That only the things that are in front of you, you're not able to see any part of God's will that's ahead of you because you're so encapsulated with this. And if you're nearsighted and blind, he describes it as forgetting that you've been cleansed from your past sins. So here's the warning in full. If you don't have a deeper possession more today than you did yesterday throughout your Christian walk, if those things from goodness to love is not a part of your daily progressive sanctification, it is as if you are unsaved. Now, is that true, though? Can you lose your salvation? Absolutely not. God's not, God, God, God doesn't play backseas with you. God doesn't take it back. If God would take away salvation because of our sin, he never was an almighty, unchangeable God. Because it's based on the principle of God's word, not my stupid actions. So what is he saying here? He's saying this, if you don't grow in your faith, you literally will start acting like a person that forgot that he's a Christian. And there are a lot of us who fall into this category at time to time. For myself, and I'll give you a very personal testimony that has to do with this place. My entire time growing up, and even a few years into me being a youth pastor, I struggled with my salvation constantly. And I remember one night, I just broke down and wondering, what in the world? I, I'm, I think I'm called to the ministry and all these things. And I remember sitting down with, with Bill, who I affectionately call Pop. And I just, and he just like, we were crying together and he said, you know what it is? He said, a lot of times you're, you're trying so hard to do what's right and you're doing it within yourself. Every time you mess up, you forget it's not about you. And that stuck with me, but it took a while for, for it actually to make sense. And if you and I 
don't receive and accept and embrace the doctrine of grace. That we didn't start this journey, we're not going to be the one that ends this journey, but that it's his story and not ours, and that we were so dead in our trespasses with sin, we were such enemies of God that no one seeks God on their own. The fact that he calls you out to salvation when you were wandering on your own way, that is the only way for us to begin to, re to realize that, the, that we don't lose our salvation based on what we do. We are eternally secure in our Savior. And if that's true, you, we have been given, like verse 1 says, everything that we need in order to do what? To grow in our faith. Everything that we need to live a holy life. But if we don't do the work of continuing to progress in our God, in our goodness through love, if we don't do all those things, it may feel like you don't know who Jesus is. And it may feel like you have lost your salvation because you have, as the Bible describes it, forgot that you were cleansed from your sins. Have you ever got so busy and you're getting ready to go somewhere that you forgot that you took a shower? You're getting ready, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. Oh man, did I take a shower yet? And you forgot. You took a shower, you're clean, but you still feel dirty because you don't remember that you took a shower. Spiritually speaking, a lot of us forgot that we have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb because we're living for ourselves and we don't feel cleansed because we're not growing in goodness. We're not growing in knowledge. We're not growing in self-control. We're not growing in perseverance. There is not a, a feeling of godliness or mutual affection and we're really struggling with love because we're not doing the work. And so we don't even feel like what we really are. Well, I trust you enjoyed that message. And uh, we really appreciate Pastor Robert Rodriguez and his family. Great, great family. Wonderful mm -hmm. kids. Yes. They really make me laugh. I just <laughs> really enjoy having them on campus. So tomorrow we have our podcast with Jim Lang. Uh, it's called the Ripple Podcast. And Jim will be interviewing either a colony resident or a Barber's Place student, and that airs at 2.30. And just so you can be thinking ahead, Worship Live will begin on Tuesday, September 1st with Robert and Joyce. We're looking forward to that ministry starting up again. And then sometime maybe next week we'll do a little teaser. They're cutting us down to one day. Can you believe it? We got preempted. Well, But we're doing a podcast called Recovery Unplugged, and it will be with Dr. Lynn Johns and Chapman Juan Mendez. And it will be designed for people who are going through recovery. So it's going to be a really neat opportunity for us to have an opportunity to minister to folks that might be struggling, that need the Colony of Mercy or Barber's Place. This could be the next best thing. So again, we want to thank you for joining us. We'll look forward to having you join Jim Lang tomorrow at 2.30. God bless.